Hello, welcome to this edition of the Cedars Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Gilbert. I'm a journalism professor at Cedarville University, and I'm also the advisor for the student newspaper and website, Cedars, and readcedars.com. And today we're here to talk about, uh, with, with one of our uh, students here, Callahan Jones, who's a senior, getting ready to graduate. And uh, he won an award recently uh, for a story he did, so that's what we're here to talk about. We're going to just sort of talk about his reaction to winning it. He's going to tell us a little bit about the story, um, kind of his inspiration for it, some of the other things that had to do with uh, his approach to that story. And, and then um, we're going to have someone read the story, and so you can hear the story. Uh, we'll also provide a link for you to go read it as well, um, but that's what we're going to do. So uh, Callahan wrote a story, um, a long feature story. Uh, he he uh, started this process for uh, uh, feature in feature writing class. Uh, he's also an editor for Cedars. He's our digital editor. And uh, when he started working on this story, you know, he spoke with the editors, said, "Hey, I'm doing this story for class. I think it'd be great for Cedars too." And so we ran it there as well. And um, what happened was we were were uh, involved with Society of Professional Journalists. And we enter their contests every year. We do the regional contest. Uh, we're in Region 4, which is Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Western Pennsylvania, that is, and West Virginia. And so we do that, and we've won a number of things over the years, different students here and there, uh, winning, winning some, uh, just being uh, like finalist runner-ups in, in regional categories. Uh, we've had some regional category winners. Uh, we're in the like, uh, smaller school papers division. Uh, so, and uh, I think probably under 10,000 students, if I'm not mistaken. And so we do that, and a few years ago, we did an in-depth series about some things on campus, and we got a first place national for that. And then this year, Callahan won uh, the regional award for best feature. And when you win the regional, you go to the national competition, there are 12 regions, and what they do is they just take all 12 of those winners, if there are 12, if, if there's been enough entries in all those regions, and I think usually there are, and then they go to, before judging there, and those judges decide who's the winner of the national award, and they usually give a couple finalists. So we had a couple other, uh, we had three regional winners, Callahan, uh, Tim Miller for a sports story on a basketball player whose career ended with an injury. Um, and then Alex Henschel, who writes our Just Saying column, she won the regional as well. Both the two of them um, were uh, got finalist recognition at the nationals, uh, which means they're basically runner-up. So they were either second or third place uh, in the national competition for them. So big congratulations to them as well. Um, but then Callahan got first place. He's the winner for the national thing for the feature story that he did. So um, I got an email. Alerting me to the fact that uh, he had won, and I shared it with him. And so, Callahan, what was your uh, what was your reaction to that? Well, honestly, it was it was pretty exciting. Um, I wasn't really expecting it. Um, I I knew that I was entered in the national competition since I had won the regional award, but you know, there was never a thought in my mind that I would actually, you know, potentially win it. I thought maybe I'll get runner up or something because. It's a story I was really proud of, and I think when I wrote it, I thought there was something special to it, but uh, I, I never expected to win. So when you contacted me and told me, 
uh, I was I was pretty excited, and then I was a little bit dejected because you're like, don't tell anyone yet; it's secret. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I, uh, I uh, yeah. So then that, you're like, well, can I tell my girlfriend? Can I yeah, tell my family? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can tell them. Just don't broadcast it. Don't yeah, tweet it. it. Don't put it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was it was really exciting. And uh, now that it's actually public, I think it's kind of hitting me all over again. That you know, I won this cool award. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the story, the headline of the story is Superfly Struggles. Mm-hmm. So tell us, just give us a, a little bit of a synopsis of what the story is about. So the the story itself is about the, it's about a comic book store called Superfly Comics and Games in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Yellow Springs, Ohio is smack dab in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. It's about 15 minutes drive, 12 minute drive away from Cedarville where we are at school. And uh, the special thing about uh, Superfly is, well, uh, no one in Yellow Springs really cares about comics that much. So the comic book shop relies on people coming in from elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. But uh, because of that, they don't have much money. So the story kind of focuses on the money struggles of the store, the people inside the store. There's very unique characters involved. Uh, That's kind of it, yeah. Okay, and so... Um, so you got to know what was going on over there. You thought this was a good story. I'm going to go write this story. Yeah. Um, what kind of a, uh, an inspiration did you have? What was the moment you thought, eh, this, this would be a good story? What, was there a particular part of this story that made you think that? Um, like, uh, at what point did I say, wow, I think this has the potential yeah, to be something Yeah, was it just because cool? you got an assignment to do it, or did you had you been thinking about that that could be a good story someday? I, I had been thinking about it for a while, because uh, I, I'm down at Superfly Comics and Games quite a bit. I'm out in Yellow Springs quite a bit. And so I'd been thinking for a while, wow, these are a bunch of uh, unique characters. Uh, this is an interesting store in a sad plight. You know, if I add all this together, I think it would make a pretty cool story. And uh, kind of the moment when I was going to interview Tony, the store owner, for the first time, uh, I, I walked up and he was there trying to unlock the door in the pouring rain. And I was like, wow, this is going to make a great anecdote to open the story with. And it just went from there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, he, we talked a lot about in class and, and everything in different classes that you've had with me and working with Cedars, like, you know... We always talk a lot about leads, right? All re- all writers do, uh, you know, journalism. It's, it's a big thing about how to, you know, leads the most important thing, and you got to nail the lead down to keep people interested. And so, uh, I, I'm sure you had done some of that in the past. You saw that, and that that, that that's a key thing for any uh, journalistic writer is to is to spot those opportunities and use them. Not every story can have an anecdotal lead, or should. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you 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 happen into things. It's just being there and observing. This is why you know get out of the. Don't just do all your uh, stories by phone, right? Get go meet people, be around them, see them, and you got there at the right time. Mm-hmm. And you saw that, and just because of your experience of it, some you realize, hey, this is this is pretty interesting stuff. Take some notes, think about it. And he's a unique character. He was dressed interestingly, so some of that is in there. Mm-hmm. And stick around to the end of this and, and listen to the story, and you'll hear about some of those things. Um, so, I think when you first pitched this story, I was thinking this is kind of a profile, mm-hmm. but it really it profiles him to a degree and a couple other people in the store a little bit. But it was sort of a 
kind of a really a bigger story, enterprise story than that. So tell us about how that's, you talked about sort of their plight. Uh, how did it become more than just sort of this profile, these guys running this, working and living in this comic book store? Yeah, so when I, when I started out, I definitely was originally meaning it for it to be like a profile of Tony, the owner of the store, and maybe, you know, bring in Jared some, the uh, store manager, the only other full-time employee of the store. Mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, these are two really cool guys doing something interesting out here. I'm going to try to profile them. But the more I talked to them, uh, the more I realized that both of their stories were just so wrapped up in the shop it was, and there was like so many problematic things going on in the shop, and it's just this overarching struggle. I was just like, okay, I can just write about both of them through the lens of the struggles at the shop, and I thought it would work really well, and it came out excellently. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a really good story, and um, obviously, you know, you win a national award for that. Um, you know, that speaks for itself. So. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, in terms of just writing and stuff, I mean, I know you're getting ready to start a career. You may do some writing. You may do, you like social media stuff. You do other things. Mm -hmm. Um, you like web stuff. He does our web stuff, uh, handles our back end of our, uh, WordPress site for us. Um, are these the kind of stories you like to write the best? If so, why? Uh, I think they definitely are. Um, I, I used to think I was a lot more into hard newsy stuff and that kind of stuff, but the more the more I've interviewed people, especially having now taken uh, both feature writing and about to finish up magazine writing, I've really come to realize a lot of what I do enjoy about journalism is just getting to talk to people and learn about their story, and, like write about their story. So like that kind of feature writing, magazine writing, I think is almost kind of right where I like to end up because I like getting to know people and I like telling their story. So. Works out well. All right. Well, um, so count like I said, Count's about ready to graduate. He's out there uh, job hunting. Um, I know he's had a couple of conversations with a couple of different places, hoping for the for the best thing there. So we will be praying for you to define what you want to do. Um, certainly find a good place to get started and for your career to go where you want it to go. And um, so congratulations again on uh, winning this award. It's very. I was just. I was super happy for it when I saw it, and um, not just you know for you and for what it means to really our program overall as well. Just to be able to say, look, you know, this is the kind of things that uh, we learned to do here, and uh, we have some people doing them really well. So anyway, congratulations again, and um, um, so looking forward to graduation. Yeah, I'd say so. It's 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 kind of a double-edged sword, you know. It's kind of bittersweet. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to be done with school. Um, I'm ready to, you know, kind of move on, start my life a little bit. Of course, I still have a class that, or two to take this summer. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm ready to, you know, be somewhere else for a while. Um, but you know, I'm gonna miss all my friends. I'm gonna miss being involved on campus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss, you know, the classic Christian community of Cedarville. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that it's 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 bittersweet, definitely. But especially now that it's just nine days out, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, well, thanks for uh, sitting here with me, talking about this for a few minutes, and um, now we're going to take a listen to the story. So, enjoy that, and we'll see you next time. Superfly struggles. Small town comics and game store on brink of survival, by Callahan Jones. In a small village, wedged between a dive bar and an upscale antique shop, 
A man dressed in bright red pants struggles with his keys, trying to unlock a door. His worn-out beanie doesn't do much to protect his head from the pouring rain. Finally, he succeeds at unlocking the door and enters his beloved Superfly comics and games. This place is a mess, Tony Berry says to himself with a sigh. He flips on the lights. Superfly Comics and Games is housed in a small and dimly lit building. The carpet is old, worn, and doesn't get swept very often. It's hard to get to that when the store only has one full-time employee and two part-timers. Music fills the space, sourced from a Spotify playlist that is thousands of songs and hundreds of hours long. It's a varied collection of underground hip-hop, ambient noise, indie rock, polka covers of popular songs, and Metallica. The space is packed with product. Every wall is lined with shelves that contain rows upon rows of dusty, hard-to-find comics, detailed statues from skilled Japanese modeling companies, and popular Funko Pop figurines. The newest comics are on display near the entrance, while older and less valuable comics are stored in nearly a hundred long cardboard boxes, each containing 350 issues that cover tables set up against most of the walls. They line the space beneath the tables as well. In the back of the store are some tables and chairs, where weekly role-playing sessions and low-attendance game tournaments are held. Many of the gaming regulars moved to a store with more dedicated resources a little over four years ago. Novelty card games and even more loose comics cover the floor and tables behind the counter and fill the display cases around the register. Also on the floor is a leopard print witch's hat, which Tony says is for his Halloween costume. It matches the leopard print jacket and shoes he's currently wearing and that he wears almost daily. Tony sets about conquering one of his tasks for the day, sorting through a box of comics and looking for price changes. You never know when collectors suddenly decide a book that never sold is worth something, he says. Tony and Superfly Comics and Games, which most regulars call Superfly, are kindred spirits in ways. Superfly is a struggling comic book and gaming store located in Yellow Springs, a small Ohio village. Tony is a communist small business owner, which explains his beanie. The beanie, which features the hammer and sickle logo from Superman, Red Sun, a renowned comic book series that explores the idea of Superman having been raised in the USSR instead of in the United States, is his subtle statement on where he stands. Well, in American politics, I'm a bit more of a socialist, he says. It's a much more achievable goal. Communism would definitely be my ideal system, so I'd call myself a communist. But he doesn't like to talk about politics very much. There are other things to worry about. While he may not enjoy talking about politics, it's preferable to some of the more pressing topics in his life. Tony is stressed and on edge today. Sales are down, and they're hard to get back up. Since Superfly is such a niche store, they sell almost exclusively comics, high-end figurines, and board and card games. Located in a small town, it can be hard to gain consistent customers. In Yellow Springs, a town that is built almost entirely on the local tourism generated by its reputation of being friendly and quirky, a rainy weekend can throw Tony's plans into a tailspin. People don't like to walk around in the rain. However, he likes it here, in this small Ohio town. The store is in considerable amounts of debt, but that's been the case since day one. Tony has actually hired an accountant for the first time to try to figure out and start fixing the mess he's in. It's the main thing on Tony's mind. 
he has his second meeting with that accountant today. I fell in love with comics a while ago, and that's why I opened up this shop, Tony says. Nobody ever told me it would be this stressful. Soon after Tony arrives, his manager, Jared Whitaker, rolls in. Jared is a tall African-American man in his mid-40s who usually dresses in black jeans and professional wrestling t-shirts. He's passionate about comics, just as Tony is. He started working part-time at Superfly several years ago, while he was employed full-time at HaHa's Pizza, a job he lost after skipping one too many shifts to help out at the shop. Tony took him on as the store's first, and to this day, only full-time employee giving him the title of store manager, partly out of pity and partly because he needed the help. The two have been nigh inseparable ever since. Tony and Jared are called the dynamic duo by some, and it's true. The two often spend eight or more hours with each other five to six days a week, seven days if they're selling product at a weekend convention. Many people who frequent the shop think of them as one entity, the guys from Superfly or something similar. One semi-frequent customer admitted that he thought they were a gay couple for some time. Sometimes people think we're the same person, Tony says. They couldn't be more wrong. We're actually quite different. Jared laughs at this remark and agrees. One of our part-timers calls me Tony all the time, he says. I think it started out on accident, and now it's just a running joke. The men do share quite a bit in common. They both like odd and experimental music. They're passionate about liberal political causes. They enjoy puns, especially ones that are a far reach and induce the largest groans. And, obviously, they both love comics with all their hearts. As Jared enters the shop and takes his place behind the counter, the two men begin talking about a recent comic release that has ballooned in popularity. While the conversation starts there, it quickly goes down many rabbit trails, including social media drama and Yellow Springs troubles and what they want for lunch. As much as these men like to joke around, they're both obviously worried about today. While they are discussing things as they normally do, there are strained looks on their faces. Superfly is struggling harder than ever before. According to Larry Stanton, one of the store's part-time employees, this says a lot. These guys have been through it all, and somehow come out on the other side unscathed, Stanton said. However, the current situation is so bad that they often have to scramble for money every Tuesday to get new product in the door. Jared says he knows one reason why they're in such money trouble. When the Marvel and DC movies first started coming out, there was a big boom for comics, he says. Now, people are getting tired of the movies. People are getting tired of Marvel's antics and all the reboots. Plus, some of those dudes are racist. Jared is referring to several incidents over the last two years that involved racist art or messages being published in Marvel books. Marvel has since apologized for these incidents, labeling them as accidents and a failure on the part of editing and quality assurance. Tony grabs a pair of nunchucks made out of two rolled-up comics and duct tape. He starts swinging them around in a flurry of moves. His mind is still on the accountant. I'm used to doing a lot of things around here myself, and that's usually included the accounting, he says. I haven't done well enough on that front. It's hard for me to admit that I couldn't do it. 
but everything is messed up, so it's got to get fixed. Jared adds that he isn't looking forward to the meeting, but what needs to be done needs to be done. As the afternoon stretches on, the meeting with the CPA comes and goes, as do a few customers. It doesn't look very good, says Tony. The taxes are worse than I originally thought they were. He looks down at his to-do list from the accountant. It's long. He looks at the list of sales for the day. It's short. He's over $500 behind where he wants to be for the week. But at the end of the day, Tony is optimistic for the future. He's made it 11 years in this business, and this is just another rough patch. He's 36. He's living his dream, running a comic book shop and surrounded by his friends. I just keep saying to myself, just gotta get past this hill, because the punches will stop eventually, right? He says, you have to be constantly optimistic, or else you'll never make it in this business.